the ingenuity that can happen is amazing. And the engagement with an audience, you can see real impact from podcasting efforts in a more intimate way and maybe even a bigger way. It shifts the conversation. Welcome to Audio Branding, the hidden gem of marketing. I'm your host, Jody Krangle, and this podcast will discuss just how sound influences our behavior. I generally talk about this in the context of advertising and marketing, but there are other places this is important too. I really feel that it plays a much more important role in our lives than maybe we realize. So let's delve a little deeper. This is the first part of my interview with Carrie Caulfield Eric. My next guest is the founder of Yaya Podcasting, which empowers podcasters and podcasting professionals to create meaningful impact by providing production services, coaching, and training. She's the host of Just Podcasting, a seasonal show exploring podcasting life and culture, and co-host of Podcast Editor's Mastermind for those in the business of podcast post-production. She's co-founder of the female podcast producers and editors community, Just Busters, which helps empower women in new media through networking, mentorship, advocacy, and monthly trainings. I'm super pleased to be talking with Carrie Caulfield-Eric, and I know this discussion will have a lot of useful information in it, especially for those of you who already have or are starting a podcast of your own. So pay attention. You might just learn a thing or two. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today, Carrie. This is uh, this is great and very strange times we're in. I hope you're doing okay. Yeah, well, thank you for having me, Jody. And I am actually doing okay. That's so good. I've been locked down here in Delaware for about two months now. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, but thank you know we are one of the states that shut down early, so uh, things are okay. I'm glad to hear that. That is very good. Yeah. Um, and you had mentioned before we started talking that you're doing a lot more consulting and a lot more uh, podcast work for people because everybody wants a podcast now. How's that going? <laughs> uh, it's really great for me. <laughs> yeah. Sure, it's good for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it seems that people are realizing the power of podcasting, which is awesome. And mm -hmm. also podcasters are looking for creative ways now to compete with all these other people entering into the space. So I've been mm -hmm. doing a lot of consulting around audience growth and marketing, which has been very interesting. So I just yeah. did a, a consultation for somebody in South Africa with a Nigerian podcast audience. Wow, <laughs> very cool. <laughs> so that was really interesting learning about podcasting in Africa in general. Uh, and I was really excited mm -hmm. for her because podcasting is still fairly new there. Mm -hmm. So she's where we were like five, ten years ago. Oh, okay. In, in developing the medium in the in her country and her and Africa as a whole. So so really fascinating. Yeah, that's great. I, I'm I'm glad that uh, that she's getting into it. That's you know the more people do that, the more things will advance, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. And for uh, Nigerian specifically, it is about a cultural shift from mm -hmm. very conservative, very censored traditional media to this kind of democratization of thought. 
that they hadn't had before. And it's driven by people 18 to 27. Wow. I mean, almost entirely. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's incredibly fascinating. Yeah. It's amazing how media expands our world. Yes. The yes, internet. So it's important. This is important work that yeah. beyond, you know, just uh, generating an income and brand awareness, this is shifting cultures. Sure. And shifting thoughts. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's important. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that, that, you know, people are starting to realize how important it is. <laughs> That's, you yes. know, everywhere. That's a good thing. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So getting into how uh, you got into this, I'm curious as to what your um, interest was to begin with. I mean, did you start out liking radio? Did you um, start out just liking the Internet? Like, where did this all come from? (laughs) I think the seed was planted very early on. Mm -hmm. I have always been a listener. I have always observed sound. I was the person in my house, even from a very young age, where I could identify the sound that happened that freaked everybody out. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that was because, you know, that was like a coping mechanism because I, too, was scared by that noise. Mm -hmm. So I had to think about what it was. So I've always been kind of recording sounds in my brain. Uh, And my father, when I was probably starting when I was a preteen, really got into the carousel industry. Okay. <laughs> Which is not something you hear every day. Uh-huh. So he loved the band organ music um that the carousels that play along with the carousels. Mm-hmm. And he started listening to reel to reel copies of that. Then he started identifying all the old music that had been lost, where all the records had been lost. He mm-hmm. created a catalog. Uh, and it, this is like a 10 year project for him. Wow. So that's fantastic. Always, yeah, always listening, always listening to something, always researching something. And then he started reproducing it. Ah, now that's the key. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and reproducing the roles mm-hmm. that played the music and making new compositions and th- all with these little punch holes. <laughs> That's so great. Wow. It's kind of like mini programming. I wouldn't call my father musical in any other way. (laughs) I mean, he knows how he's supposed to sound. He can't carry a tune. He can't Mm -hmm. play an instrument, but he could put all this together. And that also, so I also ended up with a bunch of musical friends. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like my, one of my best friends, uh, his as a teenager, his weekend job was playing the pipe organ in the church. OK. Um, and then he went on to restoring pipe organs. And then him and my dad had a lot to talk about after that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, I can sort of see uh, the relation between mathematics programming and music, though. It's kind of interesting to see how the two relate to each other. Yes. And actually, one of my dad's friends came up with a program. Mm-hmm to do that mathematically. So do those kind of punch rolls mathematically so you can run it into a computer program and it can play the music. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that is where, that is my long history with sound. (laughs) And then, you know, I I grew up, moved out, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, sound still played a big part in my life, but it wasn't what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I became, 
I, you know, I was one of those people who always had driveway moments in the car listening to NPR. Oh, yes. So. OK. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Sitting in the car, just waiting for it to finish because you don't want to you don't want to stop. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. so with podcasting, when I found podcasting, I could take that inside. Uh, yes. I started listening to podcasting probably in 2010. Mm hmm. And I, my favorite podcast was a scrapbook podcast because I was. How you know, does that into, work? Uh, so it was a podcast talking all about scrapbooking. Oh, OK. I yeah. guess there's a topic for everything. <laughs> yeah, really, there is. And that's what I got me excited because uh -huh. I could literally look up anything on iTunes and yep. find a related podcast. But scrapbooking was my favorite. I listened every single week. Mm -hmm. Um and I was an avid scrapbooker. And then I started working in scrapbooking, doing product demonstrations. And I thought that was my life. I loved it. Um, <laughs> but then the podcast retired, mm. right? The ladies who did it decided to do something else. And a friend had said to me, oh, Carrie, you should do a podcast. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what we say. <laughs> right? Because yeah. it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah. I could talk about scrapbooking until the cows came home. Uh -huh. My husband was probably tired of hearing about it. So why not, <laughs> you know, get behind the microphone and, and start a podcast? Sure. Well, I, I did so with three friends. Uh, and I guess it came with a built-in audience. And I had even contacted the the creator of the old podcast and said, hey, I'm going to do this. I, you know, hope we have your blessing. And we we did. Mm -hmm. um, and it became wildly popular. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so However, I, guess... I did everything myself. My co-host really just had to show up and help advertise it. OK. And help find guests. Well, and that's I how you learn. That's how you learn. Right. Like. Right. Right. And yeah. I literally so I spent about six months advertising the podcast too so mm -hmm. i don't want to say it was like entirely a built-in audience because mm -hmm. i did put in the legwork um and just garnering uh interest in it sure but i probably took a weekend to learn how to set it up <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you learn the hard way often right like <laughs> you just oh, do yeah. it and see if it works and if it doesn't you go back to the drawing board and drawing board and right. you do it again <laughs> right yeah right and i self hosted the podcast which meant i uploaded the files to amazon mm -hmm. aws or s3 whatever it's called mm -hmm. and you know at the beginning i didn't pay anything for it after a month i got my first bill from amazon uh oh <laughs> i said Maybe there's something to this whole podcast hosting thing. <laughs> <laughs> Was it a really huge bill? Did they scare you? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, <laughs> That's a rude awakening. I mean, in one way, it's really good. And by then we had had a sponsor. Mm -hmm. So like I could pay it. However, uh, I didn't want to. Mm. <laughs> and I didn't want to pay you. it every month. Yeah. I didn't want to be surprised by anything. So sure. I was like, hmm. Like a hundred plus dollars whenever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or twenty dollars a month. I think I'll go with twenty dollars a month. Yeah. Because I can predict that and you know That seems a bit more sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I also did all the editing myself. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's a good way to my... learn too. <laughs> oh yeah. And I was constantly asking, you know, I of course 
you know, we're recording from home. Mm-hmm. At the time, we were just using like heads, like whatever headsets. Mm-hmm. Um, not real fancy. They worked out okay. However, there were always problems, and I was always trying to like learn. I didn't want to know just how to fix that one particular problem. I wanted to know how to fix any type of problem mm-hmm. that would occur that repeatedly. Yeah. Right. And how specifically to do that. And it was very hard to find that information. But Mm -hmm. I was tenacious and I probably spent more time than most people would. And so that is that is really how I learned how to not just edit, but to engineer and learn about sound and everything that goes along with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a big, long process. (laughs) Yeah. And so that led I I ended up uh, retiring the scrapbooking podcast um which i'm very proud because my co-hosts have gone on to create their own podcasts oh good for them oh yeah um and uh where was i i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) it's okay i'm hearing the cat too That's fine. So... No, no, it's cute. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, at this point, he's part of my brand. Yeah. No, um... it's fine. It's fine. This is all. This is real. This is real life, folks. <laughs> it is real life. Hashtag quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's all good. Uh, yeah. So you you started a business of your own, doing podcast consulting, right? And and producing other podcasts, right? How did that get started? So I had retired the old podcast. I took a break from all work. My son was having some issues. He's autistic. Mm-hmm. I spent like two years working that out. Sure. Maybe less than two years working it out. But anyway, so that got worked out and it was time for me to go back to work. But because I learned a lot of lessons mm-hmm. from podcasting, you know, producing a, a successful podcast is a full-time job. Definitely. You know? I wanted to find something that was flexible enough for me to be able to give my son attention, to be able to run to the school when I need to. Mm -hmm. Um, And I realized I was not going to find that in a traditional job. So I uh, started freelancing on Upwork doing graphic design because that's, you know, where I was coming from. That was my experience. But I kept having that whole like podcast thing. Like, I wonder if somebody would want these skills. Mm-hmm. Like I have all these skills. I wonder, I wonder. So uh, eventually I was just uh, kind of frustrated with graphic design. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, let me just try and see if somebody will pay me to do anything with podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I ended up finding a company in Australia who was looking to start a podcast and needed some consulting. Mm-hmm. So I started working with them. I worked with them for about six months. And in the meantime, I had helped them hire an editor. And I was listening to these people's uh, samples. And I was like, well, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which is often the case, unfortunately. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yes. And I was like, I could do better than this. Sure. And I could. And I saw what their rates were. And I was like, I could do this. And so I started looking mm-hmm. for editing jobs on Upwork again, which is, you know, not what I do now, but at the time it worked and I got my first client and then I got another client and then I got another. And I was like, OK, well, this could really be a thing. Mm-hmm. And so uh, 
I freelanced for about a year and got enough clients. <laughs> Hello, kitty. <laughs> yeah, he's the worst. He does not know how to like be like anywhere. This is Obama. Oh, <laughs> he's very cute. Thank you. He just does not know how to sit. In my lap or anything, or be in my arms. He's like, "Are we playing? Are uh-huh. we petting?" He yeah. doesn't know. <laughs> um, so it got to the point where I sat down with a financial guy, and we ran all the numbers, mm-hmm. and we modeled different ways that the business could grow, what we could offer, and I decided to all- then form an LLC too because I was doing enough work where I wanted to protect my assets (laughs) sure yeah that makes sense yeah uh and it it just kind of took off from there Mm -hmm. and I couldn't shut up about it and still to this day (laughs) cannot shut up about it so that's good you know when you work for yourself you kind of have to shout it from the rooftops because no one else is going to do it for you right (laughs) right right and I'm I'm lucky that I just have that I Mm -hmm. just run with everything and you know, I have learned a lot over the way. So I, mm-hmm. I really started in 2017 mm-hmm. and have really learned a lot about business in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm kind of a, you know, now I have a team of four. Mm-hmm. One of him is my my husband, who is always gracious and can mm-hmm. handle. Who <laughs> 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 can put up with like mean boss lady? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, is he the diplomatic one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he's that's forced good. to be really. <laughs> that's that's really good. Uh, yeah. Taking it on from there, what is it about podcasts that particularly appealed to you? What do you most love about them? The ingenuity that can happen is amazing. And the engagement with an audience, you can see real impact from podcasting efforts in a more intimate way and maybe even a bigger way. It shifts the conversation. That's interesting. Just like, yeah, yeah, just like I I said with the podcasting in Nigeria, Mm -hmm. it shifts people's thoughts. I mean, mm-hmm. you just need to think about Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week. Yes. To see this cultural shift around work and employment and what we do. Yeah. So that's powerful. You're not going to get that from a TV show. No, it's harder. <laughs> and, and I mean, radio, when do we listen to radio? In our cars. In our cars. Guess what we're not doing right now? <laughs> We're not in the car. <laughs> no, we're not driving right now. Like It's right. just not happening. So I don't know what radio is going to do, but, you know, radio people getting into podcasting <laughs> has now become a thing. <laughs> yeah. And they're they're still trying to figure out what we've been practicing mm-hmm. for years now. Yeah. They and and having shifting that corporate because you have to shift the corporate culture. Mm-hmm. to embrace this kind of squishy, you know, avant-garde style of, of leadership, yeah, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that's not easy. It's, it's hard to steer a big ship to the right <laughs> or left. <laughs> and when you're doing a podcast, how do you keep people interested in that podcast? I mean, niche audiences are already a thing. We already knew that. But, you know, how do you keep people listening? 
Do you have a particular method for that or, or have you seen it done really successfully in a particular case? Do you mean to the show or to yeah. an episode? Okay. To the to show. The, to the show in general. Yeah. I mean, so, episodes can be hit or miss. I know that, but yeah. <laughs> right. Right. It, it's about uh, having a really good sense of why mm-hmm. you're podcasting what your mission is, what your conversation is, what you're driving forward, what you're leading with. Mm-hmm. It, it all comes down to that foundation and that not only uh, engages listeners, but it makes podcasting worth it for you, whether you're just a single person or a Fortune 500 company. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it is it is that mission-driven effort that keeps people coming back because that's what they that's what's resonating with them right Mm -hmm. that's what's on their mind and they may move forward from that and that's fine they're uh i've read uh comments on facebook and groups like she podcasts about podcasters um and you find this in with podcasts who are dealing with a very specific very heavy topic like pregnancy loss or infertility Mm-hmm. or grief at some point your listeners not going to need you anymore because yeah. you have done your job right exactly and, but you will pick up other listeners mm-hmm. because unfortunately these things reoccur or, or occur yeah. for other people like it's universal so mm-hmm. uh that is something that hosts have had to reconcile though because of course it sucks to lose a listener Mm-hmm. But you've done your job, right? So they don't need you anymore. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's the point of it. And if your why is still your why, then you just keep on reaching more different people. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So how do you put together a podcast in particular? Do you uh, like to use ads, intro, outros, particular music? Is there an audio branding portion to this kind of thing? Oh, Absolutely. I think it's up to the particular podcast mm-hmm. to define what that is, but it should so, be consistent. Yeah. Do you help them discover what their emotional, you know, pull feel should be? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. And we do that. So I'm actually working with one podcast now who is in the middle. They've had season one. It did really mm-hmm. well. They're working on season two and they want to kind of shift that. And add in more audio elements, um, you know, transition music, music okay, to yeah. heighten the mood, the atmosphere. And, mm-hmm. you know, she picked out the music, which is fine. And that's what I, I ask people to do is I can't decide that for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Because people used to want me to decide that for you. I was like, I can't. I can't because, A, you have to like it and you have to listen to it for Lord knows how long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And B, I am not as intimately familiar with your vision and your brand as I uh, as you are. So do you ask specific questions to get them to think about that or, you know, do they just know? I think on some level they already have it in their head, Mm -hmm. like they already have that association. And so I ask questions like, is it fast? Is it slow? Is it? Uh, inspiring. And I try to use the same words that you would find in any royalty free stock music search. Sure. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise it doesn't relate to anything. Mm-hmm. And then they can go into that uh, music search with 
of frame of reference, Mm -hmm. right? Like how many beats per minute do you think? Do you want it like techno? Or do you want (laughs) it more chill, right? Yeah. (laughs) So you have to think about things like that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but if we're talking about, uh, you know, the, the kind of the underscoring of the audio, then we need to think about, okay, so what are we underscoring? Is it positive? Is it negative? Mm-hmm. Is it inspiring? Is it like, wow? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I had that conversation with this host. And so she went and she picked out a variety of different, uh, it, like, incidental music. And then I asked her, well, how long should the music be under the uh, dialogue? Mm-hmm. And she had no clip. <laughs> That's a good question. And and actually, I'm curious as to your thoughts on this, because I know that people put music under their intros and outros, and that's, you know, accepted and, and expected. But how many people actually put music beneath their actual podcast? I mean, if it's just a talking podcast, I, does that distract from the actual message? Or like it just has to be low enough? Or would you just not advise it at all? I think it depends. So I ran into one case where the host actually, so this was a really, this was really interesting and something I hadn't heard really done before. Mm-hmm. The host didn't do an interview with the guest. She had the guest read her own story, right? So the host came on the show, introduced the guest, said she would mm-hmm. be reading her own story, and then came in on the end and kind of summed everything up. But in the middle, the guest was reading their own story and she Mm -hmm. had music under all of that and it worked really nicely. Yeah, I can see how that would work. Yeah. I mean, it's it's harder to have that in a discussion, I would imagine. Yes, that there's the rep. So I think if you're having it in a discussion, you need to think more narrative style, more Mm -hmm. NPR. And so you can use the music to highlight little bits or Mm -hmm. transitions. Yes. Um, And I think that we had decided that we were going to listen to how NPR's uh, like uh, podcasts had have done this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when it maybe another one, uh, how I built this was mm-hmm. something we threw out. So we're going to take a listen to see how other people do this. And I, and I am a fan of borrowing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm, you know, and so we're both going to listen, but I'm going to, critically listen um, and see exactly how they're using it because I don't know the answer for sure. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish more podcasts use a little bit more uh, something, something. Mm-hmm. You know, like, <laughs> well, it's another way to keep the interest, right? Right? Yeah. Right? So I understand why they don't because it's more work. Yeah, it's true. But if you have an editor and you're consulting with that editor and you're working it out between you two and it's possible. I mean, I know my own podcast has evolved from the beginning. Um, And I actually heard um, uh, Katie Lore, actually, who's another um, podcast um, consultant. Uh, She is here in Toronto 
and uh, she had something called alpaca my bags. That's their <laughs> that's their their travel uh, uh, podcast, which is really really clever. And yes. she does a great job producing it. And one of the things I heard her do was to put a little snippet of a teaser from the person they were interviewing at the beginning, right before you heard the intro music or anything like that. And it just sort of like got you the idea of what the podcast was going to be about that particular episode. And then it it teased you into listening further. And then you got to the intro. And I really liked that aspect. So I incorporated it into my own. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was a cool idea. Um, so I don't do transitions so much. I just have that intro little teaser at the beginning to let people know what the episode's going to be about and let them, you know, maybe they'll want to listen to more after they hear that, you know. I, yeah. I thought it was really clever of her. So there's lots of different things that you can do to get the interest of the the podcast. And Lots of things that I've heard that are sort of um, debated. Like, for instance, um, I have a part one and a part two. I usually split my podcasts into two because I've recently started and um, people's attention spans are pretty low. (laughs) And so I like to keep the interviews to a fairly, you know, 20 to 30 minutes um, uh, standard. And then also, I find that it keeps people listening because they want to hear the second part, right? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's debatable, and I think it depends on what kind of podcast you have. And, uh, like, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, no, 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 people want to listen for two hours, I, you know, <laughs> like, and some people do. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to listen for two I can't. I just don't have the time. So yeah. I don't mind when people split up a super mm-hmm. long episode. Now, if they cut it in a weird place, yeah, <laughs> they drop me off a cliff, I'm yeah. going to be like, um, I don't know about that. <laughs> There's a trick um, to that, too. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, you know, you have to do what's right for your audience. But I mm-hmm. would say, too, at, like, I can't listen to Joe Rogan's podcast because they don't end. <laughs> yeah. They well, don't what end. is that? Four hours? <laughs> I don't even know. I just yeah. know that I can, you know, my husband watches it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't like I don't have that much time. What do you? <laughs> I don't even think he's ever finished. Like, has he finished one? I don't know. I might be able to watch him. I think I think it's more entertaining to see it on video. I don't know if I could listen to it for that long. You know what I mean? I can't do either. <laughs> <laughs> it's all debatable. Yeah. Yes, Everybody has yes. their breaking point. <laughs> yeah. But I don't I think that you need just need to do what works for you and your audience. At some yeah. point you just gotta block the debate out. This has been part one of our interview. I hope you'll tune in next week for part two. Well, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you heard, please take a moment to give the podcast a review. It's greatly appreciated and super helpful. Until next time.